one up your bum. The big one, that's me. You're a big number one. <laughs> You're the big number two. Welcome. How Old are friends, you, Victoria? New friends. Frenemies. Very well, thank Frenemies. you. Best of I'm very well. Slight tan, <clears throat> slight tan. And why have you got a tan, dare I ask? <laughs> oh, I've just had a holiday. So needless to say, none of the uh, the research for all our stories that we're trying to work on has been done. Just for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome one and all and if you're new to our podcast uh today's not going to be too hairy a bit more prince andrew <laughs> and some juicy jizz and some juicy jizz and oh a little news a little news update on um wayne cousins who you may remember um abducting and murdering sarah everard a sort of uh, what would we say? I think um, slight comeuppance for him in prison. Come downance. Come downance. That's right. How have you been, Ben? I've been good, thank you very much. I'm enjoying the new year. A new year, new me. Are you? I think I might have COVID. I don't care. I've taken off my mask. That's it. Freedom Day Two has been and gone, and now I'm mask free and reckless. You wouldn't have liked it in Austria. They are very strict. Oh, of course. Yeah, they would be there, wouldn't they? Very strict. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, the Austrians are known for their adherence to rules. Yeah, but weirdly, like, some of them are a bit sort of... They don't do signs very well, I found. They don't do signs very well? Yeah. Like looking for stuff and, and sort of directional signs. They sort of presume that you know things. <laughs> and don't you know things? But apparently we're really good with our road signs. Um, my sister had this Finnish friend and she said that our road signs are really descriptive. But in Finland, they're like up, down, like really basic. And she was like, your signs are so kind. <laughs> your signs are so kind. <laughs> So who are your fa who are your favourite Austrians? Oh, I snapped something, which was a guy going back through customs with a history of fascism book <laughs> in his rucksack, face outwards with a picture of Adolf Hitler. That's the only Austrian I can probably name off the top of my head. Arnold Schwarzenegger's Austrian. I'll be back. Oh right. <laughs> That's the other one then. <laughs> and I think Which the I couldn't even name. And the, I, I think the philosopher Wittgenstein might have been as well. Oh, and Mozart. Oh. Mozart. Mozart and Joseph Fritzl. Joseph Fritzl, your favourite Austrian. Everybody's favourite daddy. <laughs> you love Fritzl. <laughs> Mitzel and Fritzl. <laughs> Sounds like a law firm. Talking into their schnitzel. <laughs> oh, I did have lots of schnitzel. My elasticated waistband got a little more exercise than I did. <laughs> were you were you the, the blimp sensation of the slabs? <laughs> they were like, oh my god. Oh no, that's not how they Oh my god, it is ein avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> Clear as a slope. The mitzel with a schnitzel is the common. <laughs> See us rolling down the slopes. <laughs> 
<laughs> we did have a waitress who was very much because you know you sit in the pension you sit in the same place um for breakfast mm-hmm. and they wore like proper dundle get up uh-huh i thought that was quite amazing and everything had like black eagles everywhere are you saying that the austrians love a uniform don't we all <laughs> i don't know do you <laughs> Yes, if you're new to our podcast, uh, we're a slightly light-hearted take on some aspects of true crime. I mean, true crime, but not all of it. No, not all of it. We're serious where we need to be serious. Uh, But if you don't like joviality, then fuck off. Yeah, quite. Fuck off. Yeah, um, I'm I'm just quoting Ben. I just pulled one of those skinny thingies on my finger and it's bleeding. What, one of your old lady skin tags? No, you know, like I've got a lot of. I needed to moisturise my hands a bit more on the slopes. You've got. I bet you've got some of those old woman pedunculated warts growing, haven't you? You keep saying that, but actually, I'm a bit more. I'm getting more uh, freckly. I'll call it that, and not <laughs> liver spot liver or spots. liver liver burst. <laughs> it's liver spots mitts. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds alluring. I just had a conversation in the gym with a woman about her breasts growing after menopause. Okay. And I'm frightened now. Why? For the M word. Oh, mitzopause. <laughs> yeah. Have you paused yet for your meno? No, I'm I'm holding my breath and awaiting. Oh, you still think you're horribly fecund, do you? I had some um some tests which suggested I was like, surely, tell me the good news. Everything's <laughs> gonna end, isn't it? She was like, You're completely moist. Oh, God. How was she testing you for moistness, dare I ask? (laughs) Well, she wasn't. She just did a hormone test. How'd you make a hormone? (laughs) It didn't involve something absorbent, did it? (laughs) Yeah, tenor pad. (laughs) Lady tenor. (laughs) Hey, Ken. (laughs) It's certainly moist, but not how you want to be. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you make a hormone? Oh, go on. I know this one. Don't pay her. <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> what was there? There is a joke where the punchline is if you throw your knickers at the wall and they stick, you know you've had a good time. But I can't remember what the rest of the joke is. <laughs> That's not an old age joke for you. <laughs> <laughs> you've laughed yourself to you weed. <laughs> and hopefully, my friends joining us, uh, you didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com. You'll laugh yourselves till you wee today. We're back with Randy Andy. Yeah. More of the same. He What's was... he done now? I, I mean, I know over the centuries there have been some fairly unpopular royals. I mean, Charles I springs to mind, who was, what, decapitated in, I think it was in January 1649. But Oh my goodness, just springs well, to I'm... mind. <laughs> I just remember it being a cold, I, I remember in history being taught that it was a Jan... cold January day. I mean, 1649 is a reasonably well-known date. And it was a cold day and he wore two shirts to avoid shivering on the uh, scaffold so that people didn't think he was trembling with fear. Have you been watching Horrible Histories again? (laughs) I haven't, no. Because they do cover that in Horrible Histories. It sounds like the kind of show I like. My uh, daughter of five years of age keeps telling people about decapitations on Horrible Histories. And then she's like, you know, the way that little kids kind of mumble, she'll go up to people and they'll just hear sort of no teeth and decapitation. 
decapitation and things like that and they, they kind of think what what's she on about and i'm like please stop telling people about sordid crimes on you know you're gonna end up like your mummy <laughs> i dread to think what how we should describe her mummy <laughs> how would you describe so... me then actually you describe <laughs> me and i'll describe you today should we do that no let's not <laughs> he's ben I, Under. i tell you what we'll do we'll do that next he's a week. former big shot We'll do that next time after I've had a chance to think about it. Oh, surely you can be mean off the top of your pate. <laughs> That's harsh. How would, <laughs> how would I describe you? Um, I don't know. Um, Why did I ask for this? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because I don't... <laughs> I'm taking the fifth. Um Tell us all about Prince Andrew and why grumpy Prince Andrew is in the doghouse. Are you taking the pith? I'm taking the piss. (laughs) Well, I'd like to go with the headline. Did you see that one that I sent you? Forest Grump. Prince Andrew shouted at female gardener over wrongly cut trees after being served sex abuse writ. Did you see that one? I did. He's a very very grumpy man. That's that's the latest. (laughs) Under pressure, Prince Andrew. But, But what this led to was sort of like I went down a rabbit warren of sort of stories that people who'd worked for Prince Andrew in the past were telling about how ghastly he sounds. I mean, he just sounds like the most... I mean, you I couldn't tell in that Newsnight interview. He seemed like a really nice bloke. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I mean, the truth is, you know, you just you just kind of know that he's an entitled upper-class tit, don't you? The 127th upper-class twit of the year show. And, and just sort of reading the stuff like he so he shouted at some woman a few years ago who was working for him as a maid because he was sat next to some curtain he called her up four flights of stairs to draw the curtains because he couldn't be bothered to get off his really? lardy ass and draw them himself you and then would. when she drew them apparently there was a crack of sort of like daylight still visible down the middle so he shouted no. her for that he shouted at her for her illuminated crack did he do that Oh, I expect he did. I bet mean, I mean, he's a great that. clapper, isn't he? You know, yeah, every, every morning when, after he's had his morning dump. Wipers. <laughs> I can just imagine it. I mean, the, that gardener that he shouted at was part of a team working on the young trees when the Duke stomped out of his 31-room, £30 million Royal Lodge mansion on the Queen's Windsor estate. I could imagine him stomping. Could you imagine him stomping? Or, dum, 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 sort of like walking up, stamping his feet like some kind of petulant six-year-old. He does seem it, but he doesn't do any... Surely some advisor somewhere should say... Andrew, Andrew don't be a like cunt. The... Yeah, yeah stop being so, quite so much of a cunt. Yeah. As Your Royal Highness, no, he's not a Royal Highness anymore, is he? He's just, I mean, no. Please, Duke, please, uh, sir, cut down on the cuntiness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't introduce ourselves talking of cuntiness. <laughs> Who are you? Sorry? Who are you? Oh, I'm Ben Ando. I'm Ben <laughs> You're Ben Ando. <laughs> I'm Ben Ando. I'm a former BBC News cunt. <laughs> and now I'm a pod cunter. <laughs> What are you? And who are Former you? everything. I'm a current cunt. <laughs> Victoria <laughs> Mitzi. Who sort of does, is busy doing nothing. I, I think that's the best way. I'm busy doing nothing. Me. Isn't it just a crime? <laughs> you must be very grand when you can say you're busy doing nothing. Is that grand? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I podcast, I journalist, I civil serve. You do serve. You, do, you serve very civilly. And I nosy around 
and I mother and I'm a country bumpkin now. I was You've a former quite... city slicker. You have got quite the nose for that. Nose for what? Nosing around. Oh, it's that time we need a jingle. Do we? Yeah, we need a jingle for you having a go at my nose. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Then. Yeah. <laughs> it comes at about this point in the podcast. Where is my nose? Where is my nose? I just don't know. I just don't know. Can't find my nose. Can't find my nose. Where is my nose? Where is my nose? Without my nose, I'm indisposed. Can't smell a rose or smelly toes. Oh, I want. I want to hear that jingle. I might actually try to guys, our podcast if you say. Listeners, funny. listeners, beloveds. Um, just have a look at our photographs, Ben and oh, Victoria Mitzi <laughs> side by side. And uh, you can do the nose vote. I'm going to do one of those Twitter votes. <laughs> it should be like a foghorn. <laughs> <laughs> How about which one of these has got the biggest nose? Or one of the, or one of the, um, one of the options should be nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, but it's not just about the size of the nose. It's also about the shape. Isn't it about being inbred and that in the in the court of Louis the Sixteenth or Fourteenth or Fifteenth, one of the Louis, they were all so inbred they end up with their noses touching their chins. But quite a lot of I've been since you've been <laughs> Pick the babies the up by their nose chin combos, <laughs> like carrying you've been a bowling bag. Mickey out of, oh my goodness, you didn't let me finish once there. <laughs> no. But quite a lot of um, public beauties have got noses pointing down. I've noticed. Public beauties like who? Well, if you can call... Oh, dear, I can't believe I'm saying this. But um, she's always popping up on my Twitter feed because of you, Sangeeta Meisker, BBC oh, correspondent. Sangeeta. She's always so lovely. Sangeeta. She's got a bit of a pointy, downy nosy. She's um, she's leaving the BBC. She's taking redundancy. Is she? Yeah, I mean, Sangeeta Maybe is one of those... Maybe she come on the that... podo. Well, I'll invite her. But she... I mean, Sangeeta is one of those who you'd think... Would she might like... listen to this and invite herself. Being on by... <laughs> well, I mean, like, like there are some people you just think have got BBC through and through them. You sort of slice her head off her neck, would say BBC. And I just thought, you know, I just did, didn't ever see Sangeeta leaving. There's just so much talent leaving the BBC now. It's untrue. I will message her and see if she will come on the podo. Does she mind my disability? Almost certainly, but she'll just see through. She'll she'll be she'll take the sort of high road on that, and and she won't mention it. I'm sure. <laughs> ben. I'd like you to go over that um, him selecting to be tried by jury because I I like what you say about juries. I find it interesting. <laughs> Where are we coming from with this? I don't understand, Randy Andy, yeah. why he wants to have a jury trial. Oh, yeah, because as somebody put on our Twitter, because um, New York yeah. is well known for its very pro-monarchy views. They were very good. I like that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what what is he playing at? He's just an absolute idiot. I think, I, I, okay, so here we go. This is the sort of the, um, this is what you might call the Led Zeppelin. <laughs> where if you are surrounded by people telling you something is okay and that you're the greatest, you eventually believe that you're the greatest and everything you do is okay. And I think Prince Andrew has been surrounded all his life, all of his 60 years, by people telling him how wonderful he is and that he can do whatever he wants. And now he just can't face it. There are boundaries that apply to him as well as um, the rest of us kind of, you know, commoners. And I, I genuinely think he thinks that the people support him and the people love him. 
because he's Prince Andrew. And if he just goes and stands around and does sort of like, you know, presents himself, that everybody will sort of cheer and clap because that's what he's used to. He's used to arriving someplace and people cheering and clapping. That's what he's used to. That's his life. Is that what you're used to, Ben? <laughs> I'm, I'm used to people reacting when I arrive, but they don't usually cheer or clap. You were. Well, you were, weren't you, before? <laughs> yeah. well, aren't you on the telly? Did you I hear used, that a lot? I, 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 once I was, I, did, I, did, I used to be Ben Ando on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't you get that? I think telly's a lot. You can read bulletins till you're blue in the face and no one recognises you on the radio. Well, bizarrely enough, they do sometimes. Years and years ago, when I used to work at Radio Trent in Nottingham, I went to book a holiday and a lady in the travel agency said, oh, are you Ben Ando from the Radio Trent? I recognise your voice. And I, I said, had that yeah. in... Um, that was about Dublin. the first time I was ever recognised. I, mean, I felt like a dog with two cocks. Talking of Radio Trent, um, an old, old, old friend of mine, Anne-Marie, um, got in touch um, about something completely different, but she happened to mention how much she enjoys listening to our podcast. So if you are listening to this one, Anne-Marie, thank you very much. That cheered me up no end, especially because Victoria and I both think our podcast is total shit. So thank no, you. No, I don't. That. I don't, because I've got to keep motivating myself, but um, I like your name, Anne-Marie. Yeah, Anne-Marie's a lovely That's name, a isn't cool it? Yeah. Mm. Anne-Marie's a brilliant... She's probably up there in the top two or three of lady newsreaders I have known. She had a lovely, lovely voice and was a brilliant newsreader. Where was she reading? Uh, Radio Trent in my days there in the early 1990s. Although now Didn't she, she go on to read anywhere else? Not well, that it's not the pinnacle she, of She did. Success. She went on to read at Iron, but now she's very high-flying at Classic FM. Ah, that's where I know the name from. Yeah, she's really good. Anyway... Anyway. Oh, yes, and thank you to our new listeners and subscribers. We love you a lot until we take the mickey mercilessly out of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to throw back a bit. Uh-huh. Oh, no, you wanted to talk about Jizzy. Well, we Jizzy. just need to talk. I think we should just touch on this, of course. The whole Let's Randy touch on Andy, Jizzy. The whole Randy Andy Jizzy. thing is a sort of a, it's kind of like it's a massive Venn diagram with Jizzy Jizzy in the middle, then Randy Andy is sort of intersects <laughs> briefly with her and... and um, Virginia. Virginia Jeffrey. I was thinking Victoria Jeffrey. You keep thinking, on That's saying not right. Victoria Jeffrey. <laughs> Victoria Jeffrey. Yes, um, Andrew, just make the cheque payable to Victoria. <laughs> Sticky Vicky Jeffrey. <laughs> No, Victoria yeah, Jeffrey. I like that Venn diagram. It would be a jizz, randy jizz <laughs> randy diagram. Randy jizz and jiffy. Jizzy and jiffy. <laughs> and a jiffy. Um, so, Shulaine Maxwell has officially requested a retrial um, just weeks after she was convicted on a variety of sex abuse charges. And this is, re this is really interesting. And this does come into juries because what happened after the case... Um, a couple of the jurors gave interviews to various American media outlets... And one of them admitted that they used their own experience of being um, sexually abused as part of the discussions and had influenced the other jurors by describing their own lived experience. Of course, that's all well and good and jurors should use their common sense. But there's a very fine line between using your common sense in a discussion about the evidence you have heard or, in effect, bringing in in inverted commas, new evidence. And I so strongly suspect that um, Jizzy Jizzy's lawyers will argue that this is actually a mistrial because 
if a juror is bringing in what they will argue as new evidence, e.g. their own experience of being sexually abused, into that jury room, that's not part of the evidence they were given in the case. And that is a complete no-no. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking this could, uh, there's, there's more to go in this. And I, mm. I don't think there's any kind of sense that this is a trivial or vexatious um, legal claim. I think people will be looking at this and thinking, well, actually, if that really happened in the jury room, if jur other jurors were influenced unduly by this particular juror's uh, comments about their own personal experience, which of course has nothing to do with Julian Maxwell, then there may well be a case for there to be some kind of a, well, I don't know, maybe, oh God, no, please no, not, not another trial. Wah. That'll mean another 10 podcasts from us on the on the topic. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. We might, we can find... Ward as well. <laughs> and we should have to go through the whole thing again. And that woman has been working hard. <laughs> so we'll be on the end of the phone again. <laughs> She's working hard. We're hardly working. Hi, Discovery Plus. <laughs> As you didn't let me finish. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. like Nick Wallace. Just leave me alone. Do you remember him? I want to just withdraw all association with you because I'm going to be sued by the news of the world. <laughs> yes, Nick Wallace yes. has been around a bit recently. Oh, he's been seen brilliant him? though, hasn't he? He's, isn't he fantastic? That story of his is just, it's really yeah. hit the spot and he's done a fantastic yeah. job on that. We did actually, he did say he'd come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they all say that. Hey! Is is that Someone the died. of somebody sort of walking your, leaving your house in the morning after and saying, yeah, I'll call you, don't worry. <laughs> Sweet. Anyway, um, someone died. Not just meatloaf. Oh, <laughs> Russell Bishop. Oh, Russell Bishop did die, didn't he? Yes. And who's he? He? he is Babes in the Wood Killer. Yes. And you can find out more about him with Paul Cheston and us in episode fifty-two. Yeah, we should. Have, I mean, I haven't spoken to Paul since uh, Christmas, but I'd be interested to know. Um, where where this leaves because there, there were a few things that were still kind of few um, loose ends that weren't fully tied up around uh, evidence that had gone missing, clothing oh, that yes. had gone missing, and I, so I suppose this is it. I mean, you know, obviously, so this, this you know, he he died on January the twentieth, having been convicted of twenty eighteen um, of uh, the murders of nine year olds Nicola Fellows and Karen Hadaway in Brighton in nineteen eighty six, and. Um, the family are saying that the news of his death has not really sunk in. Um, he had been, I think he was, I think he had been ill. He, he was, no, it was known that he had been ill. So the families had been able to prepare themselves for this. Um, I suppose the question for them really is, if the person who murdered your loved children dies in prison, does that give you any kind of sense of closure? I don't think it does, does it? I mean, maybe it does. I don't know. I mean, what happens to him? I, I don't know. If it was me, I just wouldn't even care about what happens to him. All I would think about is just how, you know, would just be the grief of um, the lot, the, the loved mm. past. People be... often say that the time that the crime was done was the time that their life ended. Yeah. So nothing will, nothing will sort of redress that, or, or oh, I don't know. There, there is sometimes closure and sometimes. Um, some kind of solace from seeing justice done. And I, I know that, that families of victims often um, express some kind of relief when remains are found. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true. I mean, that, that, well, that, that answers the question of whatever happened. I can understand that. And I suppose in this sense, there is a possibility that they can say to themselves, well, at least there's no possibility of them ever doing anything like this again. 
um, uh, I mean, he was he was fifty five years old, so he wasn't he wasn't exactly old old, um, and he had cancer. So he, he, I don't know. Is that some kind of justice, possibly? I would like to hear what Paul Cheston has to say about it, actually. Yeah. Because he knows Karen Hadaway's mother as well, doesn't he? He does. Well, he's a little um, coverage on the story of, of, of you know, I, I think fact that the families and, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, Paul Paul is a Brighton guy, so um, for him in oh, particular, yeah. it's a it's a story that I mean, it's it resonates both as a as a journalist, but also you know, it's it's his manner, it's his neighbourhood. So definitely, I mean, it's one that um, I can totally understand why for him it's become something of a sort of a a cause celebre. I don't want to say obsession because that's not that's really fair. But well, yeah. we should mention actually that he was the Evening Standard. Didn't he win an accolade because he was he was the Evening Standard crime reporter for a very long time? He was no, he was the Evening Standard's courts reporter because they had a crime Court. correspondent who was just in Davenport, and they had a court reporter who was who was Paul. And I mean, I mean, Paul just Paul like Jeremy Britton, my old uh, former BBC colleague at the Old Bailey. I, I used to be amazed watching Paul because Paul would just drift from case to case and keep across all of them. I mean, I, I would go down there to cover a specific case and it was all I could do to keep my notes up to date, to follow the evidence, to see what was happening and then obviously compile reports based on that. But Paul would do two or three or four on the same day. I mean, he, mm. I mean, he, he, he must have such a compartmentalised mind to be able to do that. I was always... Much in and to be nice and as well, because sometimes you see people and hardened. He is, and he was and you? is a genuinely nice guy, as you say. Don't you see people hardened, Ben? Uh, or softened up. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. So Wayne... I think we're going to... This is our last story, isn't it? Wayne... Say it, say it, say it. Wayne Cousins. Wayne Cousins. You make him sound like a um, maitre d. <laughs> Mr. Cousins, <laughs> my tea. The headline in the sun says, Killer tea boy. Killer <laughs> cop Wayne Cousins is now a prison tea boy for fellow lags. His milky tea brings all the boys in the yard. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, killer cop Wayne Cousins, who kidnapped, raped and murdered Sarah Everard is now a prison tea boy. The 48-year-old lifer packs daily rations of tea bags, coffee, sugar and milk for fellow lags. And they've got that, you know, the, it's now quite famous, that photo, isn't it, of him yeah. in his, um, the prison standard tracksuit. A source said, inmates think it's hilarious he's working as a glorified tea boy. It's known as one of the worst jobs in there and entails making up little packages which go into people's cells. Inmates call him tea boy and harsher names. <laughs> I wonder what those harsher names are. You are a cunt, 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 cunt. Well, he's under protection, isn't he? Though? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, A, he's I mean, but he's, for two reasons. Obviously, first of all, he's a he's a police, former police officer, so that would immediately make him a target in prison. Um, and in addition to that, of course, he carried out um, the nonciest of nonce crimes, which is... Um, you know, abducting and murdering a young woman, and the the most awful. Well, I mean, it's a it's a horrible, horrible crime, and there are whether there are degrees of awfulness is probably debatable. But for me, one of the things that's most shocking is the way that this young woman comes across a man who shows her his police warrant card, and she is left with no choice. There's no there's no sort of way she could have. There's nothing right she could have done to have avoided this. Of course, if somebody shows you their police warrant card and says, come with me, you go with them, don't you? Or maybe you don't anymore. Well, didn't he use COVID oh, I law yeah, as yeah. a reason? And yeah. I just kind of think, isn't that 
terrible. The fact that it's such a sign of the times that maybe she could have, you know, resisted if it wasn't anything to do with these new laws. But but, but she couldn't really. I mean, you know, they they always say, you know, if somebody comes to you or asks to see ID, well, he had ID and it it wasn't fake ID. It was real ID. He was a police officer. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, the Met hasn't exactly covered itself in glory recently with the whole complete fuck up around what was happening in Downing Street. I mean, you, you know, probably the most guarded, secure location in the UK, with the possible exception of places like GCHQ and a few other military installations. And all these cops standing around didn't see what was going on. I mean, for fuck's sake, come on. Mm. Showing his willy to everyone. Well, quite. Married dad of dad of about Wayne Cousins or Boris Johnson? <laughs> Boris, put it away. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to see that. He's at Frankland, Category A Franklin Jail, County Durham. Canny bleak. There was outrage over women's safety, wasn't there? Yeah, Where of he used there his was. warrant card to abduct and kill Sarah, who was 33, near Clapham Common in South London last March. It is. I mean, he's one of those crimes that makes you think, okay, hang on. And I I mean, I I strongly suspect that this will, I mean, you know, he is irrelevant now, but the fallout from this will be something that continues to be felt. I mean, you know, we all know, don't we, that women feel unsafe enough as it is. And this is just something that will make them feel even more unsafe. It's so unsafe. Do you think they do? Sorry, do I think women feel unsafe? Do you think women do feel unsafe? Well, here's an example. I don't know. I don't know. Here's an example. So a former colleague of mine, Joe, um, put on Facebook how he's lost a a fuck ton of weight uh, in January since he gave up booze and gave up chocolate, having had a very indulgent Christmas. And he's he's lost about half a stone or something. And somebody said, oh, that's really great. Do you do any exercise? Every day, if if I haven't managed to do any exercise during the day, at 9.30, I'll go for a walk around my local park. And some female then put up, some female, some woman then replied that. So that's some great. bitch. Some <laughs> said, that's great for you, but I don't think most women would feel comfortable going for a walk around a dark park at 9.30 at night. Would you? Don't know. Oh, Considering the fact that I'm usually asleep by 8.30. <laughs> okay. <laughs> OK, so apart from your old woman sleep needs... <laughs> Although they say you need less sleep as you get older. Um, no, but seriously, so there you go. The fact that you actually are saying don't know, that's kind of the problem, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I'd be happy to go for walk around a park at 9.30. I wouldn't go a monkey. Yeah. No, I, I said that. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because I don't I don't think that's, that would be something I'd entertain doing. Yeah. Not least because I hate walking. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> a, that's a different lazy, thing. <laughs> lazy old lady who goes to bed at 8.30. <laughs> Well, right. anyways, I like yeah. I like that Wayne, killer cop Wayne Cousins has now got the worst job in the prison. I and don't think that would be a yeah. worst. That's a terrible job. Well, packing I, I suppose that, is there a slopper? Is there some, do they still slop out? Or is it, exactly. I mean, that, 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 that disappeared from prisons about 20 years ago, didn't it? Slopping out. Well, they should reintroduce it just for cousins. <laughs> just for cousins. Celebrity <laughs> slopper. So he has, he has his little cubicle, and when he's in his cubicle packing his tea... Um, <laughs> There is a there is an officer outside, so he's not attacked. Death by tea bag. <laughs> Did somebody say tea bag? <laughs> Wayne Way, Way Cousins has been tea bagged to death. <laughs> what a way to go! <laughs> oh, quite. Yes. <laughs> uh, right. Now, no, it's your it's... Darjeeling. <laughs> Have an English breakfast on me. 
Darjeeling feeling. <laughs> Darjeeling feeling. <laughs> Being teabagged to death. <laughs> um, we'd love to know what you thought about anything that we've said. At YDLMF podcast is our Twitter handle where you can abuse us block and then block us. Um, yeah. That could be something you'd like to do. Or you can send us some details. And those of you who have done, uh, sent us your stories that you like. Also, stuff you'd like us to cover. We're... <laughs> Open the suggestions. Obstacles to not cover. Say we'll cover, but then not do it. <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> no, if it takes a bit more work. Actually, it has been the festive season. I've had a birth. Oh, did I mention I've had a birthday? Oh. Thank you very much to those of you out there. Another year closer to the sweet release of death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up, you. You were horrible. You didn't give me anything. That's what my, my daughter. <laughs> daughter got me a card no it was a, a celebrity balloon when it was my birthday last year it said another year close to the sweet release of death <laughs> on that happy note are we saying goodbye i think we are excellent well you should probably thank people because you're so ungrateful to everyone thanks to everybody for listening yeah we love it i mean it's yeah. really it gives me great pleasure that i occasionally find out that some poor saps do actually listen to this rubbish yeah you should see his so face thank you so much to it's all amazing what great pleasure looks like on Fernando's face <laughs> can i get out of here i'm going off i'm going off to do something fun in the sun i'm a non-celebrity get me out of here yeah but much more meaty stuff to come 2022 we got you <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> bye bye everybody bye